Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast, Stop where you may not have a skit, but we'll never hang up on you, okay? Because <laughs> we have other things, all right? As always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Hey girl, and while you're looking for that skit... Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Absolutely. And as always, we are ever so gracious for your love, your support, your feedback, your hung-ups, your hanging-ups. Please continue to send that to HungUpPod at gmail.com. Yes, and thank you guys so much for your ratings and reviews. Hey, girl, keep them coming. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a man who will do some role-play with you, then you'll always have a skit. Okay? So, I'm really excited about this episode, which is why we don't have a skit, we don't have listener feedback, we don't have a hung health tip. We're just going to go into the check-in and jump right in because this may be super long, it may be super short, it's going to be super fun. Um, So, I would love to start off and just say, how are you? How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What's up, you Ryan? Hey. Hey. How are you? What's been going on? What's the 411? What's the gossip? (laughs) So this week, I wanted to um, to recap. I wanted to just um, shout out my line brothers. Um, quite a few of us got together over the weekend mm. and met up at Mix Mixo Mixto mm. Mixto Mixto. Yeah, the T is in there because mm-hmm. there's a mix-o and it's not silent. There's a mix right because <laughs> <laughs> you know there's people out here like because wait there's a Mixo here in Philly. And there's a mixed stove. Well, listen, you know I'm not a girl with coins, so I don't know. <laughs> what What does that have to do with anything? Because I'm not going out eating. <laughs> I thought the other, I thought mixed was like a club or like a bar or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could be completely off, but mixed stove was like a, um, it was like a, Restaurant. It was a restaurant, but I'm trying to think of the cuisine. Oh, fusion? I had, had like scallops with rice and asparagus. Isn't it Asian fusion? No, I want to say it's Mexican. Mexican fusion? Yeah. yeah. Fusion fusion? What does fusion mean when they. It's like you mix in one culture with With like. With with another. another. Mm -hmm. No, I don't feel like there's any fusion going on. It's not a fusion restaurant? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but the food was delicious. Yeah. And um, I was just really excited to be with my boys. And I'm excited about Dr. Shez moving to um, New York here soon. Mm. He's coming back to the East Coast. Congrats. So congratulations, congratulations to you. And now I got a reason and a place to stay. Yes. Yeah, you got a reason like Dorinda Clark home. <laughs> okay. Amen. It's a gospel song. <laughs> I don't know that one. Okay. Um, this week I shout out to all the fathers it was Father's Day this past Sunday and it was really it was a I enjoyed this Father's Day because I really I probably made like three or four phone calls to my dad Mm. throughout the day cute Um, just you know in, in, in recollecting memories and you know, thinking of things in my childhood, you know, calling him back to remind him how much I love him mm-hmm. and, 
um, how much he means to me. So I really enjoy Father's Day. Shout out to my dad, James, and shout out to all the fathers out there. Yeah. Stepdads and aunties. Daddy fingers. All the fathers out there. <laughs> Sugar daddies. Shout out to them. Yes. Where would we be without them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. the Fantasia track. Which one? B A V Y. No, Baby Mama. Album with, oh. with Kelly Rowland. With Kelly Rowland on her recent album? Where would you be without me? Where would you be? Kelly Rowland was on that? I mean, not Kelly Rowland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? She wasn't on there? Are you sure? Yes, she was. She was not on there. Wait, hold on. on the Orange album? Hold up. I know she wasn't. Hold up. Because I brought that album out. Hold up. Hold up. By the way, y'all, I'm searching. Uh, you better search. <laughs> but y'all is listening like, and oh, I just want to make a note when you were just like, "Oh, I'm happy to be out with my boys." My internal reaction was like, "Hey, trade, what's <laughs> your boy? You better." You are so crazy. Yes. Without me featuring Kelly D. Rowland, come on, man, come on. Okay, so you said her latest. Okay, let's get it together. It's not her latest. You said her latest album. Her latest album is Orange with a blue face on it. This album number three. Okay, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. We good? We see each other. Okay. <laughs> I was wrong on the feature. You were wrong on the wrong. album number. I was wrong. <laughs> Besides that, I just wanted to shout out uh, Pose once again. Yeah, this so week, good. I so good. can't. I can take it. I want it. I want it all, but I can't take it. I'm. I, I, I be sitting on this couch, crying, crying. my eyes. I'm sitting up in your room. <laughs> Okay. Come on, Brandy. Let me get my journal out and put my yes. headphones on. Yes. I'm feeling a whole way. Shout out to Pose. Pose is everything. Just a third season. Well deserved. It just was announced they, they're, they're on for, the th- for a third season. So just just kudos across yes. the board. Yes. Tens across the board when it comes to Pose. So yeah. shout out. One would think that this is a show that has no critique, but I just have one. Really? Who would think that? I just have one critique. Have they listened for the past 100 episodes? No, I'm talking about Pose. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> My only critique is, what's wrong with 9 o'clock or 9.30? Yeah, 10. It's a little late. 10 is it's a little. Okay. And it's been a many a night where I fell asleep. I fall asleep on it and I gotta catch up the next day. Or many a day the next day the when day, you up in there just work. not knowing what's going on at work. Because you've been watching Pose. <laughs> right. Okay. Because we got to stay up with it. It's just yes. amazing. It just gets better and better and better and better. And I'm loving it. Yeah. So that's my check-in for this week. Now it's up. What's up? How are you? It's my turn. <laughs> the words of Nikki. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm great. I will just say this episode is brought to you by Malbec. By the request of our guest coming up. Um, but my week has been great. Um, and that Jim Beam. Yes, and Jim Beam. Vanilla? Yeah, you know it. Okay. Um, it's the only way I can do it straight. Yes. Well, not necessarily. Could just throw a line. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. trade, so you do it straight a lot of times. What? Anyway. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this week has been, I said it was great, but it has been great-ish. Um, so there have been a lot of struggles, but I was having session with one of my clients today and it was pouring down rain, hurricane, hurricane, rain, rain, rain. It was. And out of nowhere, the sun came out and my client was just like, isn't it wild how we Less have than to- an hour, I think. Yeah. yeah. He was just like, though, isn't it wild that like we have to go through so many storms, but in those storms, there are moments when the sun appears. And Can that- you stand the rain? Okay. 
Okay, against your Storms window. will come. Yes. Okay. That's a mix-up. That's a mash-up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that has been my week. So there's been a lot of storms. There have been a lot of struggles. And there has just been so much sunshine. And I'm so grateful. So one in particular, yeah, I'm not going to give too much. But there has been something that I've been working on for years okay capital y capital e capital a capital r capital s for years probably since undergrad and this week on juneteenth i finally achieved the goal that i set and i just i'm so grateful i'm so so grateful so regardless of the ups and downs well congratulations i'm not sure yeah regardless of the ups and downs like there is a blessing in every storm yeah Mm mm-hmm I told you about my little bottle girl ball. situation. Hey, <laughs> okay. I can't tonight. Told I'm you about my, little, my bottle girl situation. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. I, I, How was that? Pursuing this whole because you had your thing. first gig. I right? did have my first gig, but pursuing this whole bartending thing was such a risk. And there was a moment where I was just like, "Why am I still fucking stupid? Like, why would I go ahead and do this?" But yes, I had my first gig this past weekend. That gig turned into another one where I'm calling the shots, oh. and creating the mixtures, and in a way acting like my own businesswoman. So, Mixed uh, Okay, <laughs> a mixy hoe. A okay? mixologist. Okay, that's what they call you <laughs> on that way. All right. Um, so I don't know. There's just there's so many blessings regardless of the or in spite of the BS going around so I'm grateful attitude of gratitude it'll get you somewhere it really does and it's and I feel like it's all about preparation I was having a conversation with a co-worker this week about like the storms those hard times those challenges those Mm -hmm. hurdles is really preparation for the things that we have put out in the universe that we desire yeah we love prep well, sometimes okay. we don't, though. You know what I mean? You know, we wince at the, you know, at the thought of it. Or we, you know, when we're going through, we're not appreciating the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, so I hear you appreciating the struggle. I, I got you. You got me. I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's the mail back. I was drinking it too fast. So, P. Ryan, are we all checked in? I think we are checked, okay? All right. All right. And so that us? means we can jump into our conversation. Um, and so I'm really excited about this um, episode because we have a guest. Uh, yes. You saw how she got herself her? together? Did you see the hair flip? Yes. Like, it's just, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> we have a very, very, very special guest. I think this episode has been weeks, months in the making. Um, I remember a while ago, um, my really great homegirl was just like, hey, I need to be on here. And I would love to talk about trans issues. And I will say, I was like a little nervous because I was like, well, we're not a trans podcast. We just talking about like black gay male shit. And sometimes I don't know if like, you know, we that would just- podcast. That's what we say, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, a lot of our focus has been on like black gay male issues so i was just like i don't know you You're know right. how we would <laughs> breach the conversation or approach broach all approach. of it <laughs> approach the conversation we don't want to breach and we okay <laughs> <laughs> and like i just didn't want to like offend i didn't want to portray somebody close to me in like uh, a caricature form and then uh, what was it um i'm sorry but it's not what, what was it the skit that we did um, not my lane. 
Oh, range? Range. Like, we didn't have the range. We didn't have the that range. Was, see, you see all that verbiage you know what for I'm the saying? simple thing. And now we I was just like, that. we didn't have the range, right? <laughs> but I think this is a fabulous time for us to hear from um, a trans woman of color learn from her and uh, honor her put her on this show Um, yeah so my good friend Gabby Sosa will be joining us tonight Um, just a little bit about how I know her moved from the east coast to St. Louis um, to pursue a master's degree Um, during that time I decided all right, I'm gonna completely (laughs) why are you laughing? just sounds like something that Jennifer Lewis would be recanting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like well, a story. I am. She came. Okay. Not Jennifer Lewis, but Jennifer. Um, Holiday? No. Keep going. Lopez? No. Oh, no. I'm running out of. I'm fresh out of Jennifer. Wait. Not Deliver! <laughs> Jennifer Hudson. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, move from the East Coast, East Coast to, to St. Louis. To St. Louis. To pursue um, a little more education, and I decided to completely like revamp myself. So I decided to become a fashion girl. So lost a whole bunch of weight, started dipping and dabbling into the like St. Louis fashion scene, blogging, working the fashion weeks, and I bumped into Gabby. And at the time, Gabby was a, um, a model coach, right? And I just have to brag on my. Oh, she said, uh, uh-uh. uh. Oh, yes. Correct? Okay. Yes. (laughs) And I just have to brag on my friend. Um, She has worked with Ford Modeling, Wilhelmina, Balmain, Givenchy, and LA Models. So your girl has a resume, right? Um, She has the range. She has all of the range. (laughs) And similar to how I moved from fashion into mental health, my girl also moved from fashion into the healthcare industry. She's just a phenomenal individual. Spending time with her in those two years really helped make me the person I am today. We honor you. We love you. Everyone, Gabby Souza. Yes. Hey. Hi. 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 How are you? What's up, Gabby? Oh, my gosh. Patrick, that was, like, really, very, very sweet. You give me so much credit, and I adore you. No, I love you. (laughs) You're everything. And her eyebrows are snatched. We're on the FaceTime. We're on the FaceTime. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. I think they, they look okay. They can probably use a little bit. No problem. <laughs> so, um, we just wanted to have you on the show. I, I, you actually texted me a, a couple weeks ago and was yes. just like, "Bitch, too many women of trans women of color are dying, and yes. we need to have a conversation." So, mm. I know you yes. may not have the range, but I need to be up on this shit, right? To give you the range. Yes. yes. I, yeah. I think I think one of the main reasons too that I reached out to you because like I was like I was saying to you when we talked about this and we talked about bringing this to fruition was the fact that. You all have such a great platform, and I've been following you guys' show for a while. And even though you all talk about black, gay men's issues, there's definitely room to talk about the issues that a black trans woman faces as well. And I think that the things that you all cover are very deep, they're very meaningful, and they're things that people need to hear. So I wanted to definitely collaborate with the two of you all and make that happen. Thank you, Gabby, for being here. I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. Now, one thing that stuck out to me when we were having our talk was that you said people just aren't versed in trans issues. And so I'm wondering if, and you were just like, the times that we're living in, people just need more education. And, you know, you, I guess you felt that like you need to be on the front lines, giving that education, informing people of what's going on. So maybe we can start the conversation off from there. What is going on? Mm. What are the issues that we need to be versed on? 
issues that we're seeing currently, I mean, if you're watching, if you're anyone that is watching the news or anyone that is watching Instagram posts, we all know that social media right now is one of the largest platforms in which people grab their news from. Um, I believe that a lot of the news that we get about black trans women dying, I mean, already in the month of Pride, we've had three trans women that have lost their lives. Mm. And there's so many more before them and that, that go untalked about, they go unheard of mm-hmm. because we don't we we don't see those stories on CNN. We don't see those stories on our local news channels. Right. You know, no one is really talking about it. Or either they're talking about it via text or via their girls or on the scenes or either on social media and it goes no further than that. And I think one of the other things that hinders that conversation is the fact that yes, we do have uh, black trans women that are in positions of power that are on Pose or that are on other shows and things like that. And yeah, they can post and things like that, but we also have to be very mindful of the fact that those women are also in higher positions than women like black trans women like myself are. You know what I'm saying? So they possibly are shielded from, I mean, honestly, if they're celebrities, they have bodyguards. So they're shielded from violence and things like that on a day-to-day basis, as opposed to someone like myself who walks out the door every day, goes to work, goes out to regular places and things like that. So I think that one of the biggest things that we have to understand is that once a conversation is started from a more approachable or relatable position, then, you know, that kind of, like, educates people and that gets people to thinking, like, oh, my God, like, this is really happening and I need to get involved or I need to help these people. Yeah. And so that's why, that was one of my main reasons of wanting to do this with you guys. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. In a way, it sounds kind of like bridging the gap, right? So, bridging um, the gap. As those of us who are cis-identified, we're really just taking in those who are kind of, like, shielded, those who... <clears throat> excuse me, have those bodyguards, right? And and those are kind of the only examples of trans women, trans women of color that we're seeing. But it yeah. sounds like you're also saying that there's another demographic of women who, you know, just to kind of use your words, um, when we were talking off off mic, <laughs> you, were, you were saying, you know, we need to hear from the girls who are in the hood, right? Yeah, we need to hear from the girls that are in the hood. You know, like we talk about too, like I, I've done many talks with, and we'll get into it, I'm sure later, like with, and other organizations that have wanted me to, you know, talk about things or either pick my brain about stuff. But there's also, I think, within our community, uh, pretty privilege, what I call pretty privilege, Mm. or passing privilege with trans women, where people are more inclined to uplift and offer a platform to trans women that are passable. Yeah. And then the girls that are not passable or can't afford their meds or can't get a job and things like that, no one pays attention to them. Yeah. And they don't have a platform to tell their story. So for me, even as passable as people say that I am, or as pretty as people say I am, or as you know, successful as people say that I am, I want to not only give a voice to the girls you know, like me that fall into that category, but I also want to talk for the girls who don't have that privilege. Right. I just wanted to say shout out to all the girls out there who are getting up every day, going to work, you know, getting on the trains, getting on the subways, getting, you know, doing their thing, mm-hmm. yet they don't have access to the medications that they need and or desire. Absolutely. I just, I think that one thing, especially for me, out of this time when I was thinking about us having this conversation was like, you know, Myself and many of us really need to be advocating for the push, you know, for healthcare, mm. 
for our tra- for the uh, trans members of our community, mm-hmm. so that way they can get access to the medication that they need, mm-hmm. and also recognizing that passing is not everyone's goal, right? Like, I don't want to speak for anyone, but like, not everybody cares about passing. People, yeah, not everyone cares about being passable. Yeah, right? yeah. People, I think what people want more so is maybe recognition that they are who they identify as. You know what I mean? Yes. So they want that humanity. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I agree. And so agree. you said you want to give voice to the those who, you know, may not have a voice currently. How are you doing that? You mentioned that you're doing work with kind of like the human rights campaign and tell us more about that. How did you even get into that? So, because you know, you know me, you've known me for a while, like you, like you introduced me, like we met a while back in St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I moved from the East Coast to St. Louis, um, and more recently, as coming out of the trans woman, uh, I have some friends uh, who are white, cis, gay men, uh, uh, who are involved in the human rights campaign, mm-hmm. and just opening that up, and I, I, I'm going to be very candid in this, uh, Please. in this podcast. Please. I would be very open. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know me. I don't have a filter. I've never had a filter. I really don't care about what I say. But the Human Rights Campaign is really based around cis heteronormative gay men. Let's be honest. That's really who makes up majority of of that organization population, right? Mm-hmm. And so here in St. Louis, it is the same. It is the same basically. And I have a close friend who is a part of that. And he reached out to me and, you know, the thing of it is with them, when they come to us, so when they come to people like myself, they come to us as, they don't really want to learn, they really just want us to give them a checklist of, can you tell us, like, give us a checklist about your hardships and, like, what you're going Mm -hmm. through, like, instead of, like, really learning our stories and, like, talking to us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, like, getting to know us. Yeah. A human experience. Yeah. 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 Let's be honest and like be candid, like like white people do. Like it's like give us a checklist of what you're going off of and see if we can fix that or see if we can change that. Right. Um, Instead of just listening to what we have all been saying for years. For years. Years. What we've been going through (laughs) for years. Yeah. Um. And so what happened was they came to me. They wanted me to be a part of HRC St. Louis to be on that board, and I said no. I said I wanted to come to a, to a couple meetings and see how they went, and I was just dissatisfied with how they treated the situation. Mm. Um, and uh, again, like we talk about pretty privilege, you know, as far as people reaching out to you and like wanting to talk to you because, oh, you're passport, you're pretty, or you dress so stylish, you know, and things like that. Like that's what they love, and I'm just like, well, no, that's not really my angle. Yeah. Um. So I got involved with them. Little by little, I'm not like fully involved, mm-hmm. but I do, I will say that I do do a part because I do want to change that narrative with HRC if I have the opportunity, but I just have not felt that I've had the opportunity to do so based off of how they've approached the situation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, have there been any, have you had any attempts to kind of like change the narrative so we see that their objective is to get like a checklist and yours is to really provide voice to girls who don't have it right what has it been like for you navigating your objective and theirs the navigation of it and it's so funny because like having these conversations with them they pick the worst times to have the conversations with me like they will try and have a conversation about hrc stuff or um philanthropy type of things 
at the most horrible times. When I say the most horrible times, like on a Saturday night at the club. And it's just like, well, hey, no, girl, girl, those aren't those aren't business hours. Yes. Like, right. You know, and if you're really if you're really serious, then right. you would reach out to me during daytime hours and we would have a meeting mm. and, and things you can of that see nature. Meeting, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that just that tells me as a person that you're not really serious right. about, you know, what you're quote unquote <laughs> preaching. Right. Or trying to make it make it better for anyone in our community. Be it St. Louis, outside of St. Louis, you're just not really trying and not putting forth the effort. And then again, HRC, the largest company, the largest, you know, corporation, whatever that they are, you know, they they constantly are pulling in, like I said, the the celebrity trans women who of course, they have so much privilege. Like, they have so much privilege. And I love those girls. Don't get me wrong. I do. I love the Janet Moss. And I love everyone. You because know, they're but, doing great work, right? Because they're doing great work. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that it, it hinders girls like myself a little bit. You know, even and even I have a little bit of privilege because you know my background. Yes. You know me. Yes. My background and, you know, my family and things like that. But it just hinders the girls back home. And that's what I call them. Like, I, and I said that to you when we had the conversation about doing this show. Like, the girls back home. Mm-hmm. Meaning the girls back fucking home. Excuse my language. I don't know. No. Curse away. We, but girl. the girls back fucking home. Like I said, the girls in the hood. They yeah. Don't, you know, they're not reaching out to them. They're reaching out to Janet. And they're reaching out to Laverne. And I'm like, that they, yeah, they may have started where, you know, someone else started. But they don't have those same stories now. Yeah. So we can't really, we can't really like, I don't know. We can't really like use that as a crush to be like, oh well, yeah, this is you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just very. I don't know. It's just. It's all over the place for me. I'm sorry. No, it's, don't be sorry. It sounds all <laughs> over the place, right? But yeah. you know, at the same time, it's when we talk about like systems of oppression, like it's not it shouldn't be all on you to make that change, right? It should be also on the people who are in power to... Empower. To make the moves that need to be made. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. And they don't... And the people in power are not, like I said, are not trying to take that step to use their voices and be like, well, I had this woman, I had Gabby tell me her story, you know, and then move into it and be like, I need to help this person. I need to help that person. They're not trying to do that. They just want catalysts and people to take the, the fights for them and things yeah. of that nature where they sit on the sideline. <clears throat> and that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And for good reason. Yeah. And for a good reason. Because if I'm going to do if I'm going to fight for anything, I need the same people that want me to fight to be on the, uh, to be on the front line with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, although you have this struggle of navigating dealings with the human rights campaign, you made a pretty big splash (laughs) in the human rights campaign in St. Louis. So you told me that they recently had their extreme drag takeover and makeover, which a little problematic. But as you mentioned before, majority white cis gay male. So on brand. Hold on, because I wasn't there. The title of the event was called Human Rights Campaign St. Louis Extreme Drag Takeover Makeover. Extreme drag takeover makeover. What were they doing? So let me give it like a little. Let's give you like a little story about it. So yes. basically, this is the fifth one, the fifth annual. One. They do it every year. This is their fifth one. So on brand for St. Louis. <laughs> um, yes. And so what they do is um, the human rights campaign puts this on at a local bar here, a local gay bar, and they take. Normally, they take people that have not done drag before or who are not drag queens. 
and they put them in drag. They they basically pair them with like drag queens. They get them up in drag, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a fundraiser to to raise funds for the HRC campaign. Mm-hmm. And so on that day, uh, there's about five or six people who perform. But up until then, like a month or two before, those people are allowed to campaign and raise money for HRC. Okay. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. So there's no education or anything like that. It's just raising money for HRC, which is great okay. because I, okay. you know, they do whatever the fuck they do. But, you know, that's really all it is. So this year, they came to me and asked me to be a part of it. I was one of the first trans minority women who have ever been a part of that event. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. uh, I, I, me personally, I thought it was really big for me. I put a lot into that performance. Um, I put a lot into getting everything together for it. Tell them what your performance was. Oh, listen. Okay. <laughs> listen. So I did uh, Beyonce Coachella. Yes. Uh, I did the entrance, and then I did formation, of course, because mm. that is a black anthem. Okay. Let's Hello. Just, let's not let's not <laughs> from the fact that that is an anthem for Come the on. black people. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and then I did another number of hers too from the formation tour um, which is all night long I think it's either it's all night long or either all night it's a full ballad okay well that's my but, shit yeah but you know either way I did that and like the funny thing is like in that moment like I had been hearing and, and I got feedback after it there were some of mostly of course the white gays who did not understand it they you know because the white gays normally they just listen to like Ariana and pop and shit like that mm-hmm. and so they didn't really understand it and it's also um, it, it's also a competition so there is a winner and unfortunately I did not take the win home even though I raised the most money that that day because it's, it's also like I guess the money that she raised prior and then like the money that she raised that day yeah, okay. there was a little bit of a discrepancy from what I've heard and I probably shouldn't be talking about this but again I don't care and I'm being very candid that's fine and this is just how I feel yes. um, but there was a discrepancy of me winning judges pick but it being given to someone else so someone who appropriated the culture someone who appropriated the culture sounds about white wow. yes. sounds about white <laughs> So, crowd like that. Okay. And I was just like really, what really torn up about it. For, I, I was really upset for weeks after, mm. after that because mm. it just really proved to me that as a black trans woman that we will always be pushed to the back of the line. Mm. Even in spaces you know? where you should shine. Yeah, even, even in places where I should shine we will always be pushed to the back of the line. So it was very disheartening for me. And I mean, it's still a soft, a soft subject and spot for me because I found out on accident on a drunken night that someone was intoxicated and told me when yeah. they shouldn't have. Yeah. And But the other thing about that is like, wow, like if you wouldn't have been intoxicated in that space, like no one would have told me and this would have just gone on. Right. And again, like, they have not issued a statement. They have not said anything. They tried to pacify me with certain um, photo shoots that I can be a part of for Pride and things like that. And I'm not sure if you know, you saw my post. Uh, there was one day a long post that I did on my story on Instagram where I was like, just basically addressing that issue and saying, like, forgive me if I'm not feeling very prideful mm. this Pride season, especially mm. with 
all the black trans women that have died and, and things mm-hmm. like that in which you know you're so willing and able to brush something under the rug just to just to pacify your white gaze mm-hmm. so, yeah it's like folks yeah. out here dying folks out here really struggling and what a lot of people see in pride is time to fuck time to party time to drink time to act a damn fool when you know we really need to be coming together like we are now like a lot of people do on many platforms and just having a conversation because that's where the education comes in i like i like how y'all started this um because i don't have any trans friends um and shout out to shannon because um i did have a very very uh, close uh, friend in baltimore um but that was like years ago and that was an undergrad yeah so i'm it's that education, it's that experience. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're naive and you're ignorant until you until you learn. Until you learn. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. Switching gears a little bit, right? Well, not even switching gears, but kind of like tra- uh, traveling down the conversation path. Yes. With all that bullshit that you experience with the HRC, you know, systems of support are noted to kind of like help the lives of all individuals right in spite of their struggles and for as long as i've known you um you have really been an example to me that uh, people in the lgbt community can have strong relationships with their family and strong spiritual lives and when i say that you have really influenced the person i am today um you have really convinced me that you can be lgbt and you can have amazing relationships with family or you can be lgbt and you can have a fabulous spiritual life and so can we just uh, delve into that conversation a little bit and feel free to share as much as you want about what your relationship is with family and also what your spiritual journey has been because it's been so interesting for a lot of us like you know we watch shows like Pose and things like that and if if anyone has if anyone is gay and like has watched a show they need to watch like Paris is Burning which teaches us a lot about how Hispanic and black LGBTQ plus people have had to make their own families because we were at that time so disregarded from our own for being who we were Mm -hmm. unfortunately but it teaches us those stories of the the value of family like you said and regardless if you have value with your biological family or by a value of a family that you created yourself one of the things that I do have is I do have the beauty of having a relationship with my bio family in some shape or form yes I am closer to my father than I am my mother Um, would I like to be closer to my mother yes I would but I'm not as close as I would like to be and that's neither here nor there Um, I I was raised in a strong Catholic household because Mm -hmm. of our Hispanic background Um, but I do have some family that I'm very close to Uh, what I have done also throughout all of that is create a structure for myself a structural family for myself in the uh, ballroom culture in ballroom culture basically what we see on Pose and like what we've seen on uh, Paris is Burning and things like that which you know I am a mother of six children myself (laughs) and they are all young boys uh, with the exception of one girl uh, who's also trans Mm -hmm. Um, and I do my hardest and I do my best to be a good mother to them as far as being a role model and showing them that there are things that we can't overcome and you may not have the 
structure. You may not have the support from your biological family, but you can find it elsewhere. And I think that as long as we have those type of settings and we allow ourselves or we open ourselves up to those possibilities, then the possibilities are endless for what we can do in life mm-hmm. because you have people that are supporting you, you know. Um, but it's very important, I think, and I want people to know this, if anyone is listening to this that does not have support from their biological family, that there are people out there like myself who support you and I, if you reach out to me on Instagram, after you do a shout out on my Instagram or whatever, and you reach out to me and you want to talk to me, please, I, I, I beg you to come and speak to me because there's too many of us who find ourselves in situations where we don't have the backbone of the support that we need. And there's also, outside of black trans women, there's also so many gay people that are killing themselves because they are depressed and they're sad and they don't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, please reach out to me if you're listening to this and you're one of those people. Um, that needs some support because I am here always and that is what I want to give back to my community that's my biggest thing yes I was just sitting here thinking that like both sides of that coin um, which is like a harsh reality where you know while it's so beautiful that so many of us can stand today in in such confidence and Mm -hmm. say you know I made it through depression you know I made it through Um, suicidal thoughts I made it through coming out to my family like whatever those struggles were like I made it through Mm -hmm. and I'm here to tell I think that's so beautiful that goes without recognizing and acknowledging that at the same time so many lives were lost you know for the same exact Mm -hmm. thing you know so many so many yeah and it's so disheartening because like I said we you know we talk about one of the things that, too, coming out as transgender for me was, you know, me and my uh, primary doctor talked about mental health issues. Mm. And there are a lot of us that suffer from mental health issues. And not because, like, you know, when uh, I think a lot of times in this day and age, when you think mental health sh- issues, you think of someone as crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But when, when for me, when you talk about mental health sh- issues, for me, you talk about me coming out and, like, the fear of me coming out to peers, the fear of me coming out at work, the fear of me walking outside and being able to be killed just for who I am. Valid you know, fears, fear, yeah. Yeah, valid fears. And and for whatever reason, people don't rope that into mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, well, those are just your fears. Or, no, those are not just my fears. These are things that cause me anxiety. These are things that cause me depression. These are things that cause me sadness. Yeah. And I think that people need to understand that. So another reason of why these conversations need to happen. Yeah, so important. Um, you know, what you just said made me think of, go back to the video I mentioned earlier that with uh, Dominique Jackson, mm-hmm. how she mentioned um, the process and the phase of aligning the mental with the physical. And yes. what you just said made me go back and think about that. So if you don't mind, can you speak on your personal experience of how you aligned your mental with your, what, what, what your process was of that alignment? I think my process for coming out as trans, it took me a long time to do so. Uh, there was a lot of fear that I had uh, in coming out as myself. I think that I, it started to bubble over, I think, around the time that Patrick and I met mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I was always just this effeminate androgynous character. Um, and it just got to a point where I knew that I was lying to myself and I was lying to everyone else. 
um, and I was supposed to be a woman, and I had gone so long with, you know, wearing women's clothing and trying to still be just a gay and androgynous male, and it just started not working for me, and I fell into this bout of depression in which that I, I just told myself that I have to be who I need to be regardless of who supports that. Yeah. And so going into that, you know, there were a lot of fears that I had about, you know, knowing that, yes, I'm going to have to, you know, I did research, I'm going to have to start HRT, I'm going to have to start taking estrogen and testosterone blockers and, like, figuring out how my body changes. And it's not an overnight process. It mm-hmm. is a long process. And, you know, you go breast and things like that. But, it, again, it's not an overnight process. And these are things that you have to do with. And I have to look at myself in the mirror and look at that process. And, like, even right now, with me just starting it within the last year, I still have a lot of anxiety about what I see. I'm still not really pleased with myself. I still have a lot of anxiety and depression around that because it's very weird to me to see the changes that are not fully there. And mm. There's a lot of, am I passable? Am I able to go out and look presentable, you know? Um, I am blessed. I will say that I'm very blessed to have a supportive boyfriend who showers me with affection and tells me how beautiful I am, da- how beautiful I am daily. Um, my friends do the same. But sometimes, you know, I, you can go out. One thing that I've noticed is that I can go out to a bar, to a club, and I can get showered with affection and everything like that from a bunch of people that I know. But coming home, even even in having a boyfriend, coming home sometimes is very lonely for me mentally because no one knows, you know, what I'm going through yeah. mentally and what I see and what I have to see in the mirror, you know, what I have to see in the shower when I'm naked and, like, what I'm looking at, you know? Um, so the process of that is a very long and strenuous one. But I, I do have faith that I'll get to where I want to be one day and I will be happy with what I see in the mirror. Yes. And I will go forth and, and live that and live that happiness and have that truth and everything and I'll be fine. So, yeah, I hope to answer your question. Yes, you are, like, amazing. I'm sitting here, like, teary-eyed because I just feel like you are stronger than so many people Uh, I know. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, wow. Mm. Thank you. And I guess I have... Very emotional. Where do you get that strength? strength. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that, I don't know, I I, I always say that, like, we talk about spirituality, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a Catholic household. Um, I'm not Catholic, I'm Buddhist, which you know, Patrick, from yeah. me telling you about that. And I think that I found solace in Buddhism because it taught me that whatever I put out into the world will come back to me tenfold. And so I, I, I just choose to be and I learn to be a person that is loving and I put love into the universe and I, and I hope that I can only hope that love comes back to me in some form so I think that that strength comes from like I said the people around me that support me and like that tell me that I'm beautiful every day even though I don't see it you know those words of encouragement are very very important to hear mm. and uh, like I said unfortunately a lot of us don't have that and sometimes mm. that may not be enough on some nights where I cry myself to sleep or you know whatever or I stand in the mirror and I'm looking at myself like is this really worth it like should I be doing this like am I doing this for the right reasons like you know so I think I find that strength from just the people around me that support me and that love me and that care about me so 
Yes. And that love will come back. Yeah. Like yes. even us on this show, like, we really do honor and love you. Yeah. Thank you. And just knowing <laughs> you for the time that I have, it, it like shocked me just now to hear that in the time that we knew each other when we were both in St. Louis, that you were having this struggle because I don't think you understand how much of an influence you were on me, right? Not only did I want to borrow that Birkin, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but the fact that you could just like strut down a hallway and like exude such confidence and be like, yes, I'm the baddest bitch in the room without you even have, having to tell me. Like I literally took that and tried to replicate that moving forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think we should yeah. all have that attitude though. And I think that for me that, you know, we talk about like what gave me that strength. I think that me doing that, that is, that's my shield, so to speak mm-hmm. of, you know? That is my shield to shield myself from the harsh realities of the life that I have chosen or that is chosen for me. I didn't even choose this. Yeah. That is chosen for me. That is my strength right there. Being able to do that and going out yeah. and being an example and, and inspiring other people. Mm. Yeah. So it's so important. Yes. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> well, you just mentioned having a partner. Yeah? Yes. And so yes. now I think it's time for the nasty part of the conversation. The nasty part <laughs> right. of the conversation. Or the sexuality piece. Now, sexuality not piece. only... Love and sexuality piece, right? Yes. And not only did you influence me to kind of be a bad bitch, but one of my fondest (laughs) memories with you was when we went to this, like, St. Louis Fashion Week event, and we ran into a football player, right? (laughs) And the theme of our two years together was me always telling Gabby, like, bitch, you in fashion, hook me up with an athlete, right? (laughs) And one finally popped up. Yes, and I was like, here we are, girl. Here we are. <laughs> are you presenting them like that? Just, here we, yes. here we are, like on a platter. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then timid old young me goes up to this football player, and before I get a word out, it's just sweat. And then all I hear is a sweat, like, drenched through. And all I hear is Gabby saying, bitch, get it together. What is wrong with you? Girls, I'm like, girl, I offered you this, I offered you this But similar to how you have taken a sweat, okay? (laughs) Similar to how you have taken on the world and have just, you know, said, this is mine, regardless of what, you know, people think of me or regardless of how, you know, I may think the world perceives me, I'm just going to step out with my best foot forward. You have also been an example of what it is to kind of like own your sexuality and to really be liberated when it comes to sexuality, right? And I am so intrigued because we talked about the human rights campaign, but like meshing that with your sexuality, you dating a white man, girl. Hey, okay. (laughs) I know all that. So (laughs) to the point where you feel comfortable, we would love to hear about, you know, uh, the highs, the lows, the we're figuring this shit out. A Caucasian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this conversation around this piece came in very, very deep. Because I've dated white men before, as Patrick knows, and there have been people, even me as a just a, a gay bush queen, right? <laughs> before, before my womanhood yeah. came to fruition, um, or before I let that butt out. But um, there's, you know, we, we let's start here with there's always, we have to, you see these conversations about, oh, like black athletes always are gonna date white girls, right? Mm. And then we have these conversations 
conversations about black gay men who date white men, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also the opening for conversations of women like myself, minority women, yeah. trans or biological, yeah. date white men. And for whatever reason, there's always a bumpy road around those topics. Um, I will say that, and I will, uh, again, I be open and candid as I possibly can. One thing that I will say is I've always been attracted to white men more so because I've always found them more accepting of who I am as a person. Mm. Um, If we get into the logistics of uh, dating sometimes within the black gay male community, just like uh, what was it that he said earlier about hanging out with his homeboys? And you're like, mm. oh, come on, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, I mean, let's really take a step back. And I don't know, Patrick, if you identify with this or if you've seen this yourself, but a feminine gay man in our community, the black gay community, we don't get a lot of play. Well, yeah, they don't get a lot of play. Uh, yes, know my story. They, they don't get a lot of play. Yeah. I don't know. I can't really speak on the reasons of that. The only thing that I can really say about that is the fact that everyone wants to be heteronormative. Everyone sure. wants to fit into that heteronormative box of being able to pass. Come on. But behind closed doors, they Tell the truth. Say, like, girl, Come and on. And vote and carry on and blah, 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 blah. Tell me if but you re- tell me if you relate to this. Sorry to cut you off, but like what I've come to experience is that a lot of black men who are attracted to femme men but like don't claim them is that they want to be nurtured by femme men but they don't want to own them in the public similar to how they want to be nurtured by black women black bio women black trans women but out in the open you know not to say that they dog they all dog them out but a lot of them don't act right right yeah a lot of them don't act right you're right you're absolutely right just want to be nurtured and, and pacified and babied and things like that. And I think for me, I got tired of being um, the behind closed doors lover mm. or nurturer or caretaker and things of that nature. Where I found with some, well, with my, yeah, which I found with white men that I didn't have to do that. There were a lot of white men who came up to the forefront and they were willing to love and care about me openly. Mm. Um, now, we can we can sit here and say that a lot of them were bisexual or either straight, mm. um, but who am I to question whatever they wanted to identify as? But um, more so, I will just say that there were white men that, that offered those opportunities of being loved and, and cared for more than I got from the black gay community. Yeah. Now I'm gonna pull your card real quick, right? Because because <laughs> I'm never in the in the ministry of giving white men too much. Now I affirm what you say, and remember we had a conversation where you said that you went through an experience of being fetishized by white men and you tried to express that as your experience as a woman and you know some people were just responded to you and said well you can't be fetishized and your response to them was like well why can't i so tell us more about that fetishization right because yes they they maybe they do not maybe but your experience is that they cape for you but i think the fetish is a is a noun a person place or thing isn't it in a verb you can fetishize someone yeah, a person, place, or thing, and a verb, which is an action. Right. <laughs> an action. Yes, an action. Um, let's go back to like when we first met, and we were talking about 
Yeah. We're talking about like football players, and you know, I, I at that time that you and I met, I knew a few athletes. Let's be honest. The girl, I saw I the DMs. I know. I, you saw the DMs. Mm-hmm. I knew a couple. I knew a couple artists and things of that nature who were reaching out because of strictly fetishization. It's a thing of yes, I I have some type of. I think for for men especially, it's I have an attraction to the male form, but it's okay because it's more feminine, it's more soft. So it's almost like, and I remember having one athlete tell me that I hooked up with around the time that you and I, and I think you and I spoke about this mm-hmm. athlete, and mm-hmm. we spoke about this situation, that he, one of his main things that he would always say is, because we would have these conversations about him being out and possibly, and he would always say, well, I mean, I, the reason I do this is I look at you like you're a girl. Right. I look at you like you're a female. Mm-hmm. I don't see you as a guy because of how you act and how you look and things of that nature. And that is that is basically a lot of times what fetishization is structured around. It's basically you look or act a certain type of way that, that kind of like hides my true feelings and my true identity, right? Um, and so a lot of us, we get caught in, caught in that world because, I mean, that's, this, I mean, if you're young and, you know, let's be honest and face it, like if you're young and like you're dealing with an athlete, an athlete or you got an artist, you got DMs, girl, you mean to tell me you're not going for it? Right, shit, even if like, you're pushing you're 30, bitch, okay? Okay, you're not going for it. As shitty as the situation is, yeah. because there's no, there's yeah. no rewards that come from that. Yeah. As shitty as that is, you live for it because it's like, oh girl, like, and you don't tell the girls who it is. It's like, oh girl, I got this athlete that I'm mm-hmm. sitting with. He flies me out, or either when he flies in town, I see him. You know, things like that. But when you get older, like myself, when I started getting older, I started to realize like that's not cool. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't really give a fuck about me. Yeah, you paid a couple bills, you bought a couple Birkins, you know, you bought me some shoes, or bought me some clothes. <laughs> You flew me out, put me in a nice hotel, fucked me, and then left, and went home to your girlfriend, or went home to go play your game, or whatever the fuck you do. Yeah. And that's not rewarding. Who wants to live that life of being in the dark forever? So, (laughs) can I just... (sighs) Yes, and we were only videotaped, okay? Okay, we were only videotaped. But you know what? We're not, so... (laughs) But that, that was an arrow. Okay, and I <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that shit was hilarious. Yes. I saw that. Okay. Um, yes. she looked, that was she funny. She looked around and she looked at a drink. <laughs> but anyhow, um, but you know, those are the things. So, like, we don't, of course, yes, we don't want to give, uh, like you said, we don't want to give white men too much because, yes, white men have done a lot. But one thing and I still do a lot. About, but what I what I will say and what I can say about my white man yeah. <laughs> yes. is that he is and I told him this uh, I told him this earlier I had told him basically and I just woke up this morning and like I think every morning I wake up and I just think about the things that he and I have shared with each other and I think about yeah. the moments that he, that he and I have had and uh, just how he has made me feel throughout this entire process um I had told him this morning that I, I woke up because he had ended up leaving for work. And I basically had told him something along the lines of, I forgot what I said to you, but it was something very sweet. It was just like, <laughs> you are the 
epiphany of fucking love. Like, oh. I had to tell him that because I have not felt the amount of love that I feel and how cared for I feel I've not felt with anyone else. Mm. And I can say that I have not even felt that from family. Mm. Mm. So it, it's just a very good feeling to be dating someone who's available physically, emotionally, mentally, and Amen. like, and it's just very in tune with my needs and like everything that I ever hoped and ever wanted in a significant other, he is. Yeah. And I'm very blessed to have found him. And I think that the universe finally like heard my cry of what I needed and they presented me with him. And it, it doesn't matter if he was white or black, you know, we can sit here and we can say that he's white man, yes. Sure, sure. He's just an overall amazing man. Like, and I question every day, like, what did I do to deserve him? Oh, so, damn. okay. Yeah. Well, child, you were born because you were everything and you deserve yeah. everything. Yes. We don't, and we talk we, about, like, strength too. And I think, like, he has been a pillar of the strength that I had to, to go out into the world and be who I am and be myself. Yeah. We don't have a problem with white men on the Hunger Podcast. No, yeah. We have a problem with white walkers. Okay. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <they be> walkers. <laughs> just like on the show. Those they are the ones that we, okay. <laughs> that we have a problem with. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about fetish. And I really think for the, since we were bringing that up, I think it's also important for us to, like, I feel like there's a difference between kink and fetish. And I think... A lot of people use those interchangeably, and would you would you all agree there's a difference between the two? Absolutely. So, and and I know Gabby, in in your experience, you said that you know you felt like you were being fetishized. I can't fetishized. Yes. So, my understanding, experience, like they wanted the experience, but they didn't want to go past the experience. It was like I just want to experience this, and that's it. So they wanted it, the object, not the human. They so, wanted the object, not the human. So my understanding of um, like a kink is, you know, there's 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 thousands of kinks. A, a kink is something that's like something that helps you reach that climax, or it it, it adds to your sexual experience. Whereas a fetish yeah. is something that you require to reach climax in a way that if you could have that fetish you actually you don't you may not need sexual intercourse to reach the climax you, the fetish itself will get you there that's my understanding of the difference between the two am i off with that that's your understanding that's your understanding girl that's right i mean like how do y'all feel about that no way I feel okay. Do you feel like there's a difference between the two? Because I'm. I think there is a difference between a kink and a fetish. I feel like a lot of people use the two together. Yeah. And my point was, I think that they're different. Yeah, I think that's fine. Do you? Yeah. I think they are different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. But with this mouth back, I'm I'm not about to tell you that difference. Cool. Because I don't have the range when I'm drinking. (laughs) Okay. What I I will. Yeah, absolutely. And what I will say. Just going back to, you know, how you were talking about your partner and all that he's given you, what I really appreciated was the fact that you said that you guys are learning together, right? Yes. And regardless of what that learning, yeah, regardless of what that learning is, like, the fact that you guys can do that together, how many partners can say that? How many partners can say that? And one thing, I'm I'm very, uh, again, like, I thank the universe uh, every day for him, and, like, I'm grateful that he 
is open enough to go through this experience with me because he I'm the first trans woman that he's ever dated. So in every day for me is different. I have my ups and downs, I have my depressed days, I have my very sad days, I have my days where I probably make him feel that he isn't enough. I have my days where I'm always questioning of A and B and like putting a pressure on him, I'm sure, of like, well, how are we gonna face this together when that really technically isn't his battle? But he is man enough and he cares about me, he loves me enough to take on that battle and, and see how that we can do that together and how we can make it happen. And one of the things that I love that he always says is, we'll cross that, like he'll, in, in so many words, he's like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And just knowing that I have someone by my side that is willing to get to that bridge and cross that bridge mm-hmm. means a lot to me. Yeah. Like that is, that means a lot to me because a lot of us travel this road alone. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it's been a while since I've been able to say I have a boyfriend. I mean, yes, I've, I've been in relationships, but I can look at those men after the time that he and I have been together and that makes me question what I had before. Yeah. Because of what he and I have right now is, is something so real and it's something so special. And it's very different than anything that I've ever had. So, yeah. mm, so all the beautiful. girls out there, if any trans girls are listening, it's very possible. Yes, encourage the girls. It's possible. Trans girls, just yes. anybody looking for love, love is possible. Yes, encourage you. You have to find the right person. And you have to, you have to claim it. Like you have to claim it. You have to want it. You have to put it out to the universe that it's what you want. You gotta and believe in it. You gotta believe in it. Yeah. And it'll show up when you least expect it. Even when your heart's been broken, you know what I mean? You know, my heart's been broken. Everybody, you know, here, I'm sure we can say our heart's been broken before probably multiple times. And not necessarily just by lovers or people we were in relationship with or or intimate with. Our heart gets broken in, you know, many, many different different ways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you gotta, as difficult as it can be, you gotta, you gotta keep that faith. Yeah, and you gotta have to keep keep hope alive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, so up and get the show. Done. We're winding down, <laughs> and you know you talked yes. about your experience with your man. Now I'm about to ask you to talk about your experience with other men, right? So this okay. is a black gay male centered podcast, and yes, you mentioned before kind of like your struggles dating um, black men. Right. But what about just relationships in general, whether that be platonic, whether that be, hey, you're a stranger on the street. Like, what has your experience as a a woman, a trans woman, been with black gay men? I think that my experience with black gay men in general, and it's even before um, coming into womanhood, so to speak, um, has always been that whole, yes, girl, I live for you, you're sickening, you're everything, but not going any further than that so that's what I mean like when you you know going out and things like that before I had a boyfriend um, going out and experiencing that type of love and things like that but also like coming home alone Mm. Um, a lot of the time and you know a lot of the time that I spent was by myself regardless of whatever gratification physical gratification and things like that and any partners that I had a lot of that time was still alone because there was no attachment there it was just a wham bam thank you ma'am or again it was just very high praise and things like that and nothing more Mm. outside of that and that has been my experience with gay black men Mm. um, 
before, again, like we talked about a little bit before, a little bit of fetishization. I had a relationship in which I dated a black gay man for a year and a half, only for him to tell me that I was an experience and an experiment. Jesus. Um, and that he wanted to break up because he found that he couldn't do it, and it was just that he was just trying to see if that he, if he could, mm-hmm. because his friends had had been giving him a lot of shit about you know dating someone who was femme and effeminate and things of that nature, and so that takes the relationships like that or relationships that are structured like that take a toll on you. Yeah, yeah. and I found myself thinking in the deepest parts of my soul that I would always be alone because of who I was. I mean, you look at. I mean, you look at trans women, like I said, you look at trans women, you look at a feminine gay man, the dating possibilities aren't overflowing for us. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, they're not overflowing for us. And so for me, I, before I met Sam, I had really just told myself that I would probably be alone forever. I would die alone. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't have anyone other than friends to love me. I would never experience a, a relationship on any deeper level than sex and yeah I, I honestly just thought that was the only thing that I was good for it was sex yeah I'm just like I'm a little saddened like hearing that yeah. experience only yeah. because like you know I have empathy you know just for you as a person um number one uh, but I'm just also sad because as someone who loves black gay men you know, and, and not saying that you don't, but I'm as, as far as like dating them, and I, I, but I also, I'm hearing the struggles and the challenges that that you've had, and I've I've heard that before. You know, what I mean, and and I've also experienced some of those challenges, and another part of me is just like, hmm, you know, I, I, I love black men. I, you know, I feel like so many are just. Uh, you know, emotionally broken and, and just traumatized uh, for so many different reasons. And that just makes me want to love up on them even more. But at the same time, I get what you're saying. Like, coming home at night by yourself, you know, you know, it, it's just like, it's so much. You know what I mean? It's so, it's, it's so much. So, like, I'm sitting here listening to your experience and I, you know, I, I I wish that you had a better experience dating black black men, but that is your experience. So I'm happy that now that you were able to find love and you know, honestly, like love has no color. You know what I mean? When we talk about you know, race is you know, deeply embedded in America for a lot of different reasons. Many many are historical. Um and, and even now, you know, many of us are fighting um, for equality, not just in the race field, though. So I just feel like a lot of us are fighting for equality for many different reasons, and this conversation is is proof of that. And yeah. and I don't know. I just feel like everybody just need a hug. <laughs> the world just needs a hug. It just needs a hug, and I I want us to especially black men. <laughs> someone asked me. I did a uh, another interview prior. And someone had asked me, like, what do I see? And, and they were talking about for the black gay community. And they were like, you know, like, what do you see as far as, like, love for black gay men? And, like, and I was like, I just wish that we could move from this whole heteronormative, I have to be masculine, I have to be, like, the homeboy and gay type narrative because it's right. not true. Like, you don't have 
to do that. And I feel like and shout out to the guys who are doing that. Sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And shout out to the guys who are doing that because I'm it's, sure some people. Yeah, are. shout out to the guys that are. But I just feel like we have to. Yeah, we gotta stop that because, like, I, I don't know. I think that you have to get out of. I, I think that people have preferences, right? That's great. Preferences for me have always been deeply rooted in prejudice. Sure. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And there are people that will disagree. However, when you, I mean, like, when you hear people talk about it, like, when people are like, oh, that's my preference, and you say, okay, well, why are these, and you open up the conversation, and you're like, well, why are these your preferences? They can never give you a direct answer. It's just that, oh, well, this is because, and I'm like, oh, because you're prejudiced against this type of person. You know what I'm saying? Patrick, I, you and I have conversations about this, about, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, about uh, skin tone, body size, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And people who are like, no fats, no fams, and things like that. No, that's not a preference at that point, to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little prejudice. Yeah. Because you could, the person that's saying that could wake up and they could be fat the next day. Yeah. Or fam. You know, let's be honest and call them on their shit. Yeah. For mass gays, they did shit for nobody, okay? Okay. They did shit for nobody. They weren't throwing bricks out of Stonewall. They were, they're not here to, in today marching on the front lines for gay rights. So, fuck y'all. Sorry. <laughs> don't be the sorry. The mass for mass queens. No, I'm, fuck I'm y'all. For I really it. don't support those girls. They can do what they like to do. I'm all about people finding love, but fuck them. Okay? Yeah. But we, you know what? And, and my bad. And I'll just say real quick, Alice, you it's, you know, shout out to the people who are masked because they like being masked but I really Mm -hmm. hope that we can get to a place where we can starting to accept you know the other side of it you know the feminine and even even as a gay man like accepting that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like sometimes you know what I mean like I like especially for me you know I don't some people will call me, you know, like when you make the comment, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'll be like, whatever, because like, I can oh, be. He's like, oh, you what? And then it's, and there's other times where someone will be like, oh, you was just gay shit or you was gay as shit. You know what I mean? And it's just like, loving it all, you know, and not trying to fit into a box and just being who you are. Yeah. And if sometimes I'm, I'm acting, you know, feminist shit or gay as shit, as some people like to call it, but you know what? And, and that's cool. Or if in in, the, in these other instances, you know, I'm more mass, like whatever. You know what I mean? As long as you can embrace who you are. Embrace who you are and be. Tr- it's it's yeah. walking in your truth. Embracing your truth. Yeah. Because I don't want you to be gay as hell behind closed doors and then you trade up the street and like you trying to hide that you gay, that you bogan in my house. Yeah. In the room. That's not walking I, in your truth. You know. Yeah. That's, the, that's not walking in your truth. You're lying to people at that point. Yes. Yeah. And, and Like more horrific that so many trans women have died 
because of someone else's fear. Mm. Of someone else's fear. You know, that, that makes it even more sickening than what it already is, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Question for you. So yes. you mentioned your wish for black gay men, right? You yes. You wish that they would kind of just get to this space that transcends um, heteronormativity. Yes. Yes. We all do. I know you can't speak for all trans women, but just speaking for yourself, what do you need from black gay men? Because it really, it really just like uh, touched my heart a little bit when you said, you know, your relationships for by and large have just been okay, fetishization or oh, girl, we go up for you, but that's it. Yeah, that right. Me up too. I was like, so yeah. what do you need as a trans woman from black gay men? I think what I need from black gay men as a black trans woman or a minority trans woman is we we need the same support the same care that we give to the community I mean like you look at like I said we go back and we look at shows like Pose and we look at Paris is Burning black trans women are the backbone and if we're, if we're strictly speaking to black issues, yeah. black trans women are the backbone of the black gay community. Mm. Let's be honest. Mm. We are. Mm. We carry mm. the community on our backs. We are the mothers. We are the sisters. We are the providers. We are the nurturers. We are the carers. You know? Mm. And I want mm. black gay men to appreciate that. I want them to embrace that. Embrace us. I'm not saying that you gotta love us, fuck us, whatever, whatever, but just appreciate us don't shut us out from the community mm. don't treat us like we're sideshow acts you know yeah. mm. don't just come to see drag queens or trans women perform at your local drag shows give them a couple dollars and forget about them and throw them to the side after the show is over really stand up and be there for us yeah. that's what I that's what I that's what I would require to ask of the black gay male community Well, hopefully we can, some of us can rise to that. Till eventually all of us rise to that um, that need. Um, I don't have a final thought, but I honestly want to thank you so much, Gabby, for spending time with us. Again, we love you. We honor you. We uplift you. you. Um, We speak your name. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. And uh, remember what we talked about as like the wrap to wrap of the show? Yes. You, you, You ready? Okay. Okay. So what we talked about was, you know, you mentioned wanting, uh, needing to kind of like make your voice be heard because so many uh, black trans women have passed or uh, minority trans women have passed. And so um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of close this segment of the show by speaking the names of all those who have gone on. Um, And I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, like just, um, are we just saying the name? Yeah, like whenever you're, or whatever else you'd like to say in addition to that. This is your time to just freestyle. Give us a hot 16. A, a hot 16? I mean, I'm not an artist. Or 32, girl. I don't have a hot 16. Hung up on and got the coin for that. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the, I don't have the range for all of that. But what I will say is, one of, one of, the, thing, one of the things, and I, it's so funny because I have a, a dress that I'm wearing to cry this year. Yes. The trans flag print on it, and it also has "Stop Killing Us" printed all over it. Mm. And that is one of the things that 
I will just kind of like leave out um, because I think I it will get too emotional for me if I actually say the women's names. It'll get too emotional for me. Okay. Emotional about that. Sure. That's but fine. I will just say that stop killing us, number one. But also, I need the black gay community, if not just the gay community, to stand up with us, stand up for us, protect us, listen to us when what we tell you our fears are, what we tell you um, that we need, just be there for us because that is the problem there. Like no one is really listening to our needs and, our, and what we require to be safe out here. And the biggest thing that we can do is just show up for our brothers and sisters. Mm. Because if we're not showing up for our brothers and sisters, then are we really showing up for ourselves? Hello. Okay. You know, because we are a reflection of each other. So, it's the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're a black gay man or a black a black woman, straight, I don't really care what spectrum you fall under because none of my business. But if you are black, protect black trans women at all costs because we are the gems of the of this community and we are the gems of the world right now and we need you more than ever. Mm. So please just protect us, be there for us, show up for us, love us, care for us. And that's that's what I was saying. That's beautiful. That <laughs> was beautiful. So much, thank love. you, Gabby. Thank you. No, thank you both for spending the time with Hung Up Pod tonight. Yeah. We are hung up on Gabby, like oh. for reals. <laughs> that's so sweet. Ah! <laughs> and so, guys. Well, thank you both. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm no, always just giving the cutoff to. Thank you both, and thank, thank you both, and thank all the listeners. Yeah. Thank you for. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram. Mama Souza. Yes. V A S O U Z A. Yes. Mama Souza. Make sure y'all follow her. M again. Now. M again. (laughs) And again, that's M U V A S O U Z A. Okay? Yes. Um, Gabby, hold on just a moment, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will be right back with the hung up or hanging up. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. Hey, yo, what's up, y'all? Hey, guys, so we're back. We are back. Yes, we and are. after such a great conversation. Mm-hmm. That was great, for, right? It was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It's time for Shout the hang up. Hanging up? Hey. Hang, <laughs> hanging up or hung up? You got it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, just one. Do, do How many do you have? Just one. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I would like to say that I am hung up on family, um, specifically my cousin who I grew up with um, and am still very much close to um, Larry Brown. Shout out to him. The goddess. It's <laughs> like the god. Whomever. The human. The mortal. Um, I mentioned in my check-in that I achieved something that I have been working towards for years and I can say that it would not have been accomplished without his help. And so um, I'm super, super grateful to him. Um, I spoke to him about this before, but I just have to say on a public platform that I love him so much and I'm excited to start this journey with him. Dope, dope. Very cool. I don't think it's recording. Look at is it not recording? Yes, okay, it, is. it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I am hung up earlier this week. I was uh, listening to the news, and there is a large group of Africans, specifically from the Congo, Cameroon, and Angola, seeking um, 
asylum in Mexico and also the United States. Many people uh, that are a part of this group are escaping persecution for being gay. A lot of these people are taking, all of them, <laughs> are flying in or they're coming over by boat into South America and, you know, taking this long, treacherous journey through the jungles, through swamps, through mountains, um, to get to Mexico and to the United States. And, you know, just listening to the story was a little heartbreaking. It's just like, wow, you know, the things that people go through and I think about the little things that I complain about, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> missing the trolley, you know, or my morning commute to work or some little thing, you know, bothering me. It's like nothing when you when you hear the stories like this of, you know, people who are trying to come over looking for a better life. Um, a chance at something better and you know what they have to go through and so so many people die on their way you know they don't even make it through the journey you know whether they drop from just exhaustion heat exhaustion or hunger or a lot of them the reporter said their their legs and their feet were so bruised and swollen and bloody and bitten by all types of you know insects and, and, and animals you know a lot of people just give up tell their families just go without me I can't move on and I was just like wow I just can't imagine you know me my dad my brothers and my sister mm-hmm. treachering through a jungle where we don't know what's in front of us behind us to the side of us and we're just holding on to to, to hope and faith to try to make it to something better and um, you know my heart just goes out you know to families that you know and people who are in these dire dire situations around the world um, it's just a lot it is it is it's a lot going on a lot of people are hurting a lot of people suffering but I hope you know we can every day find joy in our lives because there's so much at the same time to be thankful for amen so amen. I'm hung up amen well, guys, this has been another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. As always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. Yeah, and I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram. And I'm on Twitter. I'm on there a little bit. You can find me at E. Dante Cole. Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. We would love to hear your feedback on tonight's episode. Send your love. I know y'all got a love, love for Gabby. Send it on into HungUpPod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget Gabby's handle on the social medias is at Mava Souza. So that's M-U-V-A-S-O-U-Z-A. Um, yes. And thank you guys so much for your ratings and reviews. Keep them coming, girl. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere. You- oh my goodness. Anywhere you <laughs> can find a man. Child, anywhere you can find a man. Okay. All right. A real man. Okay. And not some broken, drunken, down, flaccid undertaker. Okay. Who's just as dead below the waist as his clients. Shit. Are. And if that's what you went to, you can find that too. All right. <laughs> A fetish. Bye, guys. <laughs> Peace out, John. Bye.